gentlemen, welcome into the Get Around Podcast. Here we are, episode number 28, as we wrap up and finish the winter sports season. Got ourselves a nice day to do it. I don't know what weather is going to be like for the rest of the week, but today, Monday, as we sit here and record this in the offices of the Traverse City Record Eagle, it's like, what, 53, 55 out there right now? It's nice. It's very nice. I didn't even... I didn't even wear a jacket. Not I just as have, nice as where Travis Shuba is at. I have a, or Mike or a majority of probably our athletes and coaches. I tried to get a hold of Mike Laracy today due to the recruiting store, and he's like, uh, I'm in Hawaii. Yeah, as is uh, TCAP's board member, uh, Kelly Clark. When I was there, when I was there for the, uh, the special board meeting on Saturday instead of at the Bresden Center like I had planned to be, but... I don't know, there was a special board meeting that needed to be called, and I needed to be there because, um, well, as John Vermilia has pointed out so- several times I, on Twitter, I should have stayed in sports. So they had to teleconference in to both the board president, Eric Falconer, he was on an iPad, and he was in, I think, like Utah, and then Kelly Clark was also on an iPad, uh, and, and he was in Hawaii. While I was, on the other hand, in a, a dusty old boardroom, they have to do it on Saturday? Did they have that's to? That's what we they just talked about. To. See, that's the whole thing, is that the, the ex- explanation was that it needed to be decided within 90 days of of his contract, of Paul Soma's contract ex- expiring, and it expires on June 30th of this year. And so the day that it would expire is April 1st. So that was the last day they were able to do it. April 1st, of course, is a Sunday and is Easter. And then this week, everyone's on spring break, so most of the board members weren't going to be there. And you can only have two board members teleconference in, that, that according to Michigan state law. And, of course, you need, what, four for a quorum? And so, unfortunately, that was the only day they had to do it, and they had to ruin my life. I'm kidding, not my life, but certainly my Saturday, as I was hoping to... To get say, down is to this a sports podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I can go it next is, door if we're going to talk sports in the other room. It, it is a sports co- podcast, and it was simply it was simply me uh, airing my grievance about that and just how disappointed I was that I wasn't able to get down to the Breslin Center. But the great thing about the finals, they're on TV. Which was great because... So we had better look at it than James did. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> that, that referee's fine behind right in front of you. <laughs> like all the time. If, if you're not uh, understanding this, listeners, uh, James was press row, Breslin Center, and the one of the officials just parked his keister right in front of James almost the entire time. and We joke about it, but the, sometimes we feel like they do do it on purpose. The photo that you put up, I mean, if you're not interested in watching basketball, it was, it was a nice view. <laughs> no, no, not really. <laughs> not what you got the credentials for. So here we are, episode 28, a lot to talk about today as we get into, uh, like I said, this uh, this episode of the Get Around Podcast. We have Harrison Beebe filling in here. If you didn't recognize that voice, uh, 7-4's Harrison Beebe, uh, probably the two most, I would say, authoritative voices on sports in northern Michigan I have sitting here in the studio right now. I trust James. You're going to leave me out of this? James. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's not pretend like I know what I'm talking about. James, who has 15 plus years, and Harrison, who grew up here, and uh, got close to. I think I just passed my eighth year at the station. So I've been covering sports a long time for seven and four. Covered sports, been involved in sports, so it's nice to have them here. Harrison is filling in for the uh, Illin Brett Summers, who is uh, Illin literally. Yeah, uh, so did you have to, I James, you told me that he threw up on the way back from the Breslin Center. Did you guys have to pull over? Did he, like, vomit into a bag? Yeah, no, we pulled over a little on up, himself, like, a little on a couch. Of, we pulled over a little outside of Kingsley. Okay. <laughs> he, just, he was in the passenger seat. He just kind of turned to Jan, our photographer who was driving, and just said, uh, uh, Jan, I think you're going to have to pull over. Oh, man. So at least he but, made it two and a half hours of the three-hour trip. That's kind of mm-hmm. remarkable. But at the very least, hopefully, at that point, he wasn't firing out of both ends. So it was just thrown up. Again, um, sports yeah. podcast. Sports podcast, yes. And if you listeners out, don't out, there, uh, out there don't know what uh, firing out of both ends, it means vomiting and having explosive diarrhea. Yeah, problem solved. I've been there. Nice. I'm sure, James, you've been there. Harrison, you've been there. You've never been... Uh, I'm, I'm not, not that I'm, I'm going to talk about on the podcast, no. <laughs> just saying... Everybody's been there. It's a punishment for yes. Brett. If you don't show up, we're going to reveal all your dirty laundry and your, your weekend uh, 
is Bender. Ill happenings. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you guys are putting in close to 60 hours that week trying to get everything done, not only that, between actual work and then having to, to interview my replacement on a sports desk. Yeah, I think we put in over 40 hours just Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, that's insane. So, I mean, in terms of pay, it's great. So that's what's nice about getting paid by the hour. It's nice. Yeah, yeah we didn't go on spring break. Here we are. So let's get to the finals. As I said, we have a, and like I said, we do have a packed show for you. Uh, coming up, we have uh, Buckley's Denver Cade and Glen Lake's Xander Okerland. They will be here in the office with us, chatting with James and myself. We're cooking Harrison out for that. And, um, sorry, you're not going to be around. Yeah, working at the other job. We only have we only have four mics, and uh, James and I take precedent over you. Uh, after that, we will get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. We've got three athletes. Not surprisingly, uh, all of them from either Buckley or Glen Lake boys basketball, which is weird. Which is odd because it seems yeah. like there was a lot more sports going on last week other than just straight up boys basketball. And then we have the final four has been decided in our sports movie madness and a surprising upset, I would say. I know that one that everybody that I talked to kept going, "How is this happening? How is it possible?" And uh, the impossible happened. But we'll get to that a little bit later. The Loyola Chicago. Does, does it have a Sister Jean? Yeah. It does it have a Sister Jean feel to it? I mean, I it, it's Maybe not that was like a deleted scene. I would say that had Rookie of the Year beaten the Sandlot, which it didn't even come close to. That was. That <laughs> but was the fact that we added Rookie massacre. of the Year after your original list, you and I both talking like, "Where's Rookie of the Year?" And we threw it on just as a, "Oh, we got to get on there," and it made it run to the Elite yeah, Eight. So a, a, people a love uh, Henry Rongartner. So we'll get to that, but before we get to anything else, Boys State Finals was last week, Thursday and Saturday. We had Buckley uh, once again making a, another appearance in the state championship game, and Glen Lake making a, a championship run as well. Both of them, however, fell uh, fell short of the ultimate goal, but each of them put up a pretty good performance. Uh, I know that Buckley was kind of once again stung by the the slow start bug that hit them uh, hit them last year when again you can't really look at those two games the same. James, would you kind of say that it was was it more this year of a slow start by Buckley um, and less of last year, which was a hot start by Powers North Central? Yeah, I don't I don't know that Southfield Christian had the just unconscious shooting game that uh, Powers North Central had last year in the finals. Um, a lot of the a lot of their points came off a of transition and off of turnovers because I mean Buckley committed I think. I don't know, 12 turnovers in the first quarter, which is uncharacteristic. And and South Christian just capitalized on those. I mean, they were up 22, I believe it was, by the second quarter. But Buckley had cut that down to, I think, 11 at halftime and then cut it down to 6 in, in the third quarter. So they made a very similar comeback and rally as they did last year and then uh, you know just didn't quite turn out the way they wanted to in the fourth quarter. Was the emotion different this year than it was after last year's loss because you have so many seniors that you're losing? You know, last year we saw at the end of the game, Buckley wasn't hanging their head, there were no tears, there were nothing like that. What was the emotion after this one? I was kind of surprised that being such a, a senior-heavy team that, you know, there wasn't a little bit more emotion like that. Um, you know, I think it's because maybe they've been there before or something, but, uh, you know, I, I was... I was genuinely surprised that you know that you didn't see a lot more of that emotion at the very end of the game and during the press conferences even. I mean, there was a little bit of sniffling and you know, you know, wet eyes and stuff, but uh, but not a whole lot as much as you would expect. Well, I did like the column uh, that Brett wrote about the the players. You know, they have nothing to be ashamed of and have to be you know super impressed with what they've done because he put the Denver Cade quote in there that I saw in the post game that I was putting together. He said something along the lines of, if this is the most important moment in my life, you know, I must have done something wrong. So they knew they were playing a game. They were they knew it was going to be one of the most important days of their life, but at the same time, they knew in no way does that day win or loss define the rest of their lives, and I thought that was a real mature stance for them to take, whereas a lot of athletes, they probably sit there in the moment and just dwell on it. But yeah. they seem to be swallowing like men and feel proud of what they did accomplish, which was remarkable. Yeah, and I think they knew the big hill that they had to climb in that game too. I mean, they were playing a team with three Division One players on it. I mean, so they they knew kind of, and I think they were at the end of the day. I think that they were fairly proud that they played within ten points and got within six fairly late of a team of that talent. I mean, you know, you've got 
Lindsey Hunter's son is playing on that team. He's going to go play college ball. You've got two other guys that are going to go play D1. There's another kid on that team that's a sophomore that was like one of the better defenders I've seen in a long time. He's probably going to go play college ball just for his defense, I think, somewhere. Um, so, I mean, that was a really good South Christian team that they played. Um, so I think that that is part of some of it, too, you know, that, that you just kind of – when you play a team like that and don't come out on the right end, you at the end you're not – that heartbroken because you realized how much of an uphill climb it would have been. I, I when I was listening to the game, um, uh, when the sports commentators weren't absolutely just butchering names left and right, calling him Brock Bierman and Joey Weber, and going back and forth between them, going back and forth between Beeman and Bierman and Weber and Weber, and it, it, was, it was awful. But they had one thing uh, that I thought was kind of interesting that they said is that the Southfield Christian team was one that probably could have played with Class A, Class B, and Class C teams. Did you see that? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, you know, um, I think it's uh, Harlan Beverly, um, who the PA announcer there butchered his name as well and said Harold instead of Harlan God almighty. In, the, in the arena. It's but, like, do uh, a little research. Yeah. Uh, one of them know, was calling him Glenn Maple the entire time. Maple. Which is funny because they don't even really, I mean, all of them tell us they don't even need Maple City associated when they're fine with just being Glen Lake. Yeah. The state always yeah. calls them Maple City Glen Lake. But it's like, hey. <laughs> and they hate it. Glen Maple. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Harlan Beverly, I mean, he's a, you know, really, really good player. Uh, that The defensive player I mentioned to you was uh, Dijon Humphrey, um, Caleb Hunter's, Lindsey Hunter's uh, son. I mean, he does not look like a kid that's in high school. Is he the bald one? Yeah, he's the bald, the bald one with, with the, with, with with the, the white, white. Yeah, yeah, with the white. We talked about him. Man. We talked about him last year. I'm like, that guy looks like he's forty. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's forty. Well, years Lindsay old out there. never looked like a spry chicken, really, either in the NBA. He always, mm-hmm. even even though he was an elder statesman on the Pistons and whatnot in the second run. Yeah, he was there watching. He was like sitting he in was. the front row in yep. the corners, and they watching him, his him son. and Izzo were. Izzo was in the in other corner on the other end, and one of the other assistants from from Michigan State. They had Michigan State had like I think three of their commits. Playing, uh, playing in the finals. Well, you had Foster Lawyer and another, and another yeah. offer. Foster Lawyer, uh, he was going there. I mean, Kithier is going there as well, but he wasn't playing. He was there at. Um, he got a medal though. I think I saw right. Kithier probably yeah. He was, I think they he gave did. him. I mean, he was on yeah, it. They gave him. They gave him a medal, and then he walked to the end of the line and took it off. Oh. <laughs> it's like that Canadian who got the silver medal in the <clears> women's <throat> hockey final. I put it on my Facebook. They put it on her. She takes it off right away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this. But you know, oh, and then they also got Bryce Washington, who I think is the the guy who's uh, the Michigan State commit or not commit, but a guy who's been offered. So I think Izzo was there watching him play as well. And then the Detroit Catholic Central. Did you did you stay for that? You didn't. You weren't there on Saturday, but uh, did Brett stay? Brett Cass stay for the Class B game? No, he was gone by the Class B game. Oh but I heard God, all I heard on Twitter game. was that because that was the game that wasn't on Fox Sports Detroit Live. Yeah. All the other thing, all I heard was, "Hey, you just got done seeing Michigan in the Final Four. Check out the Class B game. It's a doozy." It, it was ridiculous. Or you, did you stay there live for it? Yeah, yeah. Um, we you know we finished. You we working finished, that one too? No, we, we were finishing our stories, and um, you know I was doing stuff helping copy wire stuff for the hub and everything and Brett was finishing up his stories and I just was like well I'm gonna go out and watch the other game while I do this and man it was awesome Brett came back in like the middle of the fourth quarter and I'm like we're not gonna leave well it went it went OT and then what was the final 65-64 and that kid hit a a three-pointer with I don't know like eight seconds left or something like that it was ridiculous I was following it on on Twitter and I was like I better go turn on the game right now and I did that and I was able to catch the last 13 seconds of overtime and watch that game. It was that was that was appointment viewing for me on Saturday. Once I got done with the with the meeting and done with my story, I was like it's boys basketball, championship basketball for the rest of the night. Yeah, and that and that was just a great game. All all, all of it that I was able to watch was just a great game aside from the officiating. I I started kind of openly rooting for Benton Harbor in the second half because they were getting jobbed on every 50-50 call. Maybe it's because of that stupid commercial that the MHSAA has put out about officiating. Did we talk about this last week? I think we talked about it, not during the podcast, but I think we talked about it outside the podcast. It, uh, yeah, the ridiculous PETA Yeah, I'll, uh, like <laughs> ASPCA. The, you know, I'm sure you, yeah, people are familiar with the, the ASPCA commercial with Sarah McLaughlin and the, the arms of an angel song, uh, you know, uh, 
playing in the background. So the MHSAA has put one out, uh, but it's about uh, officials, and it's it's horribly cringeworthy. I even asked uh, Mitch Wilson, who was uh, our guest here, the uh, MHSA official who was our guest here uh, a few weeks ago, what he thought of that. And in not, in not so many words, he's like, yeah, it's it's awful. It, it paints was, the picture that the officials have no backbone and, and that, that they're just any little call just destroys them completely. And that they're abused. They're, they're horribly abused yeah. and they, they live in cages. And <laughs> won't you please... Adopt one of the, and you're <laughs> or like, join Holy. or be be an official yourself. Yeah, help resurface this, save this. So that one was played like a dozen times during the game. During the games, I was like, "This is awful." Please. I mean, it, I don't think that that portrays a good look at all. I don't no. think that I don't think it's a good way to recruit officials at all. No, it's <laughs> not like I'm gonna have to do one of those terrible commercials. But it's okay, like, it's like this job really sucks. Hey, come here and do it. We need you bad. Please yeah. come here. And what Mitch said, he's like, that's not the right way to go about it. If you're trying to get more officials, that is not the right way to do it. Because uh, who's going to be like, yeah, I'd like to be an In abused PSA. dog. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> so uh, Buckley had the tough loss. Glen Lake had the tough loss. But they hung with Detroit Edison for the first half until Kate Peterson uh, got hurt. Kate had some just monster blocks. And then it was just unfortunate. It was one of those... In in the game of inches, Peterson comes down, going to get a rebound on on a, a missed free throw, comes down on, a, on another player's ankle, and I mean he just wasn't right after that. Yeah, his after the game, I talked to him, and his description of of what he felt when he went down on that is just ah curls your toes. Yeah, he said he when he went down, he said he heard four pops, and then he felt his bone touch the floor. Gross. And then he got yeah. back in the game. Yeah. Yeah, and then he comes back in like 10 minutes later. Well, you could see the momentum. I mean, it was already starting to shift the a little bit. The momentum had shifted, but he, by the point he wasn't he the left. same either. He couldn't move. I mean, you know, the guy that he was covering in the zone, if he'd slipped out to the three-point line, it's like Cade was just like, take it. Well, I heard kind of the air of the Glen Lake fan base. I was not there. I was working in the studio, uh, fronting the highlights and putting together everything for our on-air uh, 6 and 11 shows. But I heard from Brett Cast, who was covering for us, that you just hear the, you know, the enthusiasm of the Glen Lake fans and, and students there just kind of just dropped to a zero once Cade was helped off. And you're like, yeah, this, is, this was our one chance, and now it's being taken away from us. And by the end of the game... Edison clearly showed that they were the more athletic team because they were throwing down some some dunks throughout that one that were just impressive, especially that one kid at the end just driving baseline, and he must have been a good four or five feet off the ground as he was throwing that one down. And, yeah, it, it ended up uh, not working out again for for the Lakers, but they, they've got to be feeling a little bit confident coming back. I know they lose Kate Peterson, Peyton McDonough, and, and Nick Apsey, but... Two of their highest scorers, Xander Okerlund, who's a junior this year, and Reese Hazleton, who's a sophomore, they're both coming back in a Northwest Conference that's pretty much, I, I mean, I don't want to say that we can... It's going to look different. <laughs> it's going to look very different. Yeah, it's going to be almost all rewritten next year in the Northwest. So, And how big of a step do we think the Northwest is going to take back? Because here, let's take a look at, at Buckley who's been, you know, the class of the Northwest for the last two years. They lose Denver Cade, Austin Harris, Joey Weber, or Weber, if you're the announcer, uh, and Brock Beeman or Bierman. 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 Uh, I I like Bierman. They they lose. Could be his college nickname. And it was just ridiculous because they were calling Brock, Brock Bierman, and Ridge, Ridge Beeman. But they kept referring to them as brothers. (laughs) I was like, I, I... It was just awful. And I, I tweeted this out, but one of the commentators was like, man, if it wasn't for all those turnovers and missed shots, this would be a near-flawless game. I saw that tweet. That was really? That is a, so if there were no mistakes, it would be a mistake-free game. It just, just really great, great insight. That's one of those moments where you're like, maybe you should stop talking for a while. Uh, but Buckley will have Ridge Beeman back. Like I said, they lose Cade Harris, Weber, and Brock Beeman. Frankfurt, they lose... Their entire starting five and first player off the bench, Jalen Rogers, Matt Loney, Griffin Kelly, Matt Stefanski, and, and Kirk Myers. Is the Northwest, is that Glen Lakes at this point, just because they have Okerlund and Hazleton coming back? I would say starting with those two, yeah, I would say that maybe makes them the front runner. Um, I, I'm trying to think of anybody else who has a dominating player come back. I mean, pretty much your whole all-conference team 
unlike last year where everybody in the all-conference team was back, this this year I think pretty much everybody on the first couple of teams, aside from Oakland and Hazleton and Beeman, everybody else I think is graduating. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose you know Garrett Miller, Thomas Hersey, uh, Dylan Reno, all those kind of players too from the from the other teams. Devin Burkhart, I mean... You know, I don't know what's going to what. what it's going to be a lot of new back. faces dominating yeah. the stats for yeah, Northwest I mean, Conference. Tom Rucky at Benzie Central is going to be one of your other top guys coming back. And, well, I mean, I don't know if he, because there was so much other talent on this team, I don't know if he even made the all-conference team. Well, and give it up to, to Reese Hazleton uh, in that semifinal game. You know, I don't know if you want to give out, like, NBA awards, like, most improved on the season. But in that semifinal game against Monroe St. Mary, I was in attendance for that. I mean, he had the first, what, nine points in that game? So in a way, I feel like if he doesn't have that hot start, that might be a different game altogether. But he kept him into it on his own with the scoring. And yeah. uh, it, it was fun to watch. He, he was not intimidated at all as a sophomore to be playing at the Preston Center. He just kept slinging, and he made those big-time shots. You look at the Buckley semifinal win, not just to focus on the losses, but what we saw in the, the semi-win against Hillsdale were huge performances uh, from, from Nick Kuhn, who really gave them a spark. And I mentioned this uh, on Twitter watching the game, that every shot that Brock Beeman hit was huge. And I think all four of them were corner threes. But all of them came at a time when they when they really needed them to. And that's when you kind of realize that it wasn't just the top three on Buckley that, that was doing it uh, in Cade, Harris, and Weber. But you had guys coming through, and, and even Tyler Francisco, uh, you know, did such a good job coming off the bench, and we talked about this last week, about how we thought that it really was just the starting five for Buckley this year. But toward the end of the season, the, the bench really uh, really started to show up. Yeah, I mean, that was a game where they had foul trouble, so they had to go to those backup options. And uh, as you said, Brock's shots were huge. You could tell the momentum in the gym was just building every time he'd hit one. Uh, Kuhn was unbelievable down low, and, and kind of like Hazleton in that first semifinal, like not afraid to be on that grand state. Of course, he'd been there before, but um, didn't play as many minutes probably last year as he did this year at the Breslin. And, uh, I mean, Austin Harris in that semifinal, uh, he, he could not miss. He was shooting from three, two, making his own shots. Whatever he had to do, I have a feeling when when Denver went out with foul trouble in that semifinal, Austin was like, "All right, this is you know, don't worry, man. You you ride it out. We'll we'll take care of this for you." And that's how he played. What he had twenty one, twenty two, in that semifinal. In the semifinal, yeah, Harris had twenty two, seven for fourteen shooting, six for twelve from downtown, and one or two of those. Were and the sad thing threes. is that was what was missing from that. As Greg Kelser pointed out on air, they weren't hitting their threes like they were in the semifinal. Imagine if they were hitting some of those threes in that final. Yeah, that, that's, Four out of 23 in the final. I mean, just needed a couple range. more, and that game becomes a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. You look at those two players, uh, Harrison, we were, uh, and we were talking about Okerlund before. Brett, when uh, the, the now absent Brett, he picked Austin Harris at the beginning of the year for the Record Eagle Player of the Year. James, you picked Okerlund as the uh, as the player of the year coming through. And so you had those two. You're looking at two players that made a run to state championship game. Mm-hmm. Okerlund was definitely making his case for it, and uh, Harris was definitely making his case for it. And I, I think I was just so impressed by the poise that I saw from Okerlund in, in that semifinal game. He came out super hot, and just it looked like he could almost do no wrong at that point. And I was so impressed, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, if 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 we're basing the player of the year on on a couple of games, Okerlund was just fantastic. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet from a, a recruiting guy in the state, and he said that there was a bunch of college coaches that were talking after the finals about Xander Okerlund and how composed he was, uh, you know, for a junior and on that big stage for the first time and everything. And uh, a lot of coaches came away pretty impressed with him. Yeah, I call him the X Factor on TV for a reason because he because his shoots, first name begins with X. Yep, that's the only reason. Or the OK Factor. I mean, you could really do either or whatever you want to do, but X Factor sounds a little. He's the XO. <laughs> uh, yes, he hugs and kisses. That's gonna be a, that's all. He doesn't play football. In military I'll, terms, XO is executive officer. Oh, got you. All right, so he's. I on the other hand went XOXO. Uh, got, Valentine's Day Gossip sport. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that? Isn't that how gossip? I never watched Gossip Girl, but it wasn't. No. Yeah, and I got nothing. Nobody. Again, this is a sports podcast, <laughs> Great. right? Great. No, but Xander is just he. He showed he was ready, and I, you know, I'm gonna throw my name out there too. When you guys did that podcast, I was picking Xander as well as my preseason player of the year, um, and we'll have to see when you guys have that issue coming out. 
We'll figure it out. We still got to run down uh, what the all-region team schedule is going to be over the next couple of weeks, but hopefully we're going to get we'll get started here pretty soon. Um, so check back for for updates on that. Well, to those players who were involved in the state finals, Buckley's Denver Cade and Glen Lake's Xander Okerlund were kind enough to sit down with us this afternoon. So why don't we go ahead and take a listen to that interview right now? It is our pleasure now to welcome in Buckley's Denver Cade and Glen Lake's Xander Okerlund. Uh, thank you guys for coming in on the first day of your spring break. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Denver, I want to start with you real quick because the the one quote that you had that was really telling after you guys uh, lost in the championship game was something along the lines of if if playing in a championship game is the you know uh, the best point in your life. Uh, then you're doing something wrong. Could you just kind of expand on that a little bit and, and how you felt after after the loss? Well, I mean, eventually basketball is going to end. Eventually you're going to lose games, Eventually, but you're going to have bad games and stuff like that. But the way I look at it is you're going to go back to your family. You're going to go back to wherever you were from. Um, everyone in the end is going to have your back and be proud of you, and there's more to look forward to down the line than just that point, even though it is a big point. Um, it just struck to me more in the heart, kind of like that, just coming, just talking from my feelings. Um, but that's was basically what I was meaning is don't just look at that and if base your life kind of off that. If you lose it, you win it. You're just whatever. Keep moving on. Keep working hard type of thing. So often we see players when their career comes to an end, a lot of tears. Uh, I asked James about that. Not a lot of tears on the Buckley side? Not a lot, no. I mean, was it because it, was, was it I kind of like being there before? Kind of, yes. Um, if we would have probably lost, if we would have never made it to the Breslin, probably lost in the quarterfinals or something, it probably would have been different. Um, it did help that we were there. But, I mean, we we fell short of a state title twice, but in the end we were pretty dang close, and nobody had thought we'd even be there once. So to us it was kind of an accomplishment, so I think that kind of lifted the no-crying type of thing. So. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, can I look at the opponent that you guys were playing? I mean, a school with, like, what, three Division One yeah, type like guys that. on there. Um, and, uh, I mean, that had to be something, too, where you're like, you know, we played right with these guys. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, we knew we were going to come up against a super good, super athletic, super well-coached team. And uh, we dug ourselves a big hole, and I didn't have my best game. I know Austin didn't have his best game. Joey had a heck of a game. But when we didn't all three have our best game, especially against a high-profile team like that, it's going to be hard to beat them. Mm-hmm. Take me through that semi-win, though, because it was a different story in the, the first half than it was in the second half. You guys came on really strong in that second half and, and beat up a, a good Hillsdale team. Well, um, I got in foul trouble after I had a good start. Um, I had coach on me. a lot of, like, kind of chippy calls. Yeah, I was watching chippy, that game and going. stuff where I thought I just had a box out with a kid was laying on the floor, so they called on me, but whatever, I got to move on. Um, and I had had a pretty good start in the middle of their 1-3-1 zone, and then coach had to take me out, and then right in the beginning of the third, I picked up my four, so then he had to sit me the whole third quarter, and I, that big guy was tearing us up, so I came to him, and I said, we got to put Nick in, just his size, maybe he's not fundamental like that kid, but his size will alter that kid's shot and ability to block other people's shots, like Joey's and stuff too, because um, he does look like a threat, I mean, just looking at him. And once he did that, they started making a run. And eventually, I don't remember what the score was at the end of the third quarter, but it was going into the fourth quarter, and he came to me and said, do you want to go back in? I said, no, leave me out for a few minutes. We're making a run. Austin's hitting shots. He's getting momentum. Leave him in. We're going we're gonna to make a run more on him. So, And it, it ended up working out where I was on the bench just kind of helping Moss coach a little bit. So I'm glad we got the win in the end. Yeah, if I was watching the game on TV because I wasn't able to be there, um, or at least streaming on the MHSA website, and the announcers were really paying a, a lot of compliments toward you for the way that you were acting on the bench, uh, you know, after having to come out with four fouls, and the way you were the one standing up, talking, being a leader, even if you're not on the floor. Uh, what is it about your mentality that, that makes you do something like that? Well, I know a lot of my teammates look at me as the leader, and if I'm down with negative energy on the bench, that's probably gonna how they're going to play and just carry themselves. Um, I had a lot of times where the ref would run by and tell me to sit down a couple of times because I was out by half court kind of trying to yell at people. But um, that's basically the thing is especially keep guys up, keep them going, keep them going. If they hit a shot, get right in their face, get them excited. 
and that energy just spreads and eventually you can shit shows look at Nick I mean that energy went right to him and he had a heck of a game so is coaching something you're interested in in your future a lot yeah, yeah. so I'm not sure exactly what I want to do but I'm sure I could be pretty decent at it so so who would be a better coach you or, or Blair Moss <laughs> that'll, that'll be something we can discuss behind closed doors but no, hey that door is closed right now feel free I mean. just me and him but uh, no i I'm thankful that he was our coach the whole run. So, Xander, for you, what was it like? Uh, we talked. Denver had been there before. Um, you know, been at the Breslin last year, but this was your first go around at the Breslin. What was that like? Because bright lights like that could scare some kids. You, on the other hand, I was watching you uh, in both games, and you just seemed really comfortable out there. Uh, did you? What was the mindset going into it? Oh well, like coming into the Breslin, we put. We had a lot of tough teams we had to play, Manton, St. Francis, McBain. So playing those type of teams really helped prepare me for the bright lights of the Breslin. Um, it was really cool being there for the first time after seeing Buckley do it last year to come down and uh, play right after them and watch them play. So that was pretty cool. Um, the bright lights were cool to have the whole stadium filled watching you. The whole experience was just a blast. The only teams you guys lost to this season were in the state finals. Yeah. Buckley twice, yeah. and the team you lost to go to the finals. Yeah. <laughs> Buckley's a great team. Same with the, uh, Edison. They're a great team. So um, just playing Buckley in the regular season just helped us prepare for the state championship game to get there and beat a really good Monroe team that was undefeated. Did you guys talk at all? Like, did Buckley and players from Buckley and Glen Lake, did you guys talk at all while you were at the Breslin Center, or, or was there any conversations like, I was never in contact with any of them. Maybe some of my teammates were, um, but I, I, I'm actually I talk quite a bit with their assistant coach Don Miller. He's yeah. he's always talking to me anywhere in public or anything like that. And, yeah, uh, that guy likes to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but we after we beat Monroe, we came back that night and watched them uh, beat Hillsdale. So that was pretty cool. What did it feel like to have Northern Michigan represented so well uh, at in East Lansing? It was awesome because usually when you think of like states, it's always teams downstate, like academies or prep schools. And it was really cool to have Northern Michigan schools like Buckley England Lake there to show that Northern Michigan has a lot of talent for basketball. In that championship game when, uh, when Kate Peterson went down with the injury, what was the talk on the bench and on the floor? It was just keep fighting, keep doing our thing, try to keep chipping back in the lead and didn't turn out, but, I mean, we were just trying to keep doing what we were doing, and their press really got to us at the end. And so it was tough um, not having him out there. We really wish we could have had him out there. Is it a different outcome if he's there, if he doesn't get hurt? I think it could have been a different outcome, yeah. I think um, his whole injury, like, just the whole mood of that happening kind of just totally switched the game. And if... I don't know. It could have been a whole different story if he was if his ankle wasn't hurt, but that's what happens. Injuries happen all the time. Yeah, because you guys were like right in the middle of a big run. I think mm -hmm. you had like just tied them or just gone up mm -hmm. one. I think like right before Cade. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah, and they missed a like front end at a one on one. And we were about to get the ball back, and then he rolled his ankle, called a travel. So that was a huge swing. But I mean, that happen that can happen at any time in the game. So you just gotta be prepared for it. Yeah. The. Uh, that was kind of throwing dirt in the wound and calling him for traveling when he's... Yeah. <laughs> Denver, how emotional is it out there? I mean, are the, do the emotions run a little bit higher when you're playing in such a, a big in, like a big environment on such a big stage? Or is it do you try to be a little bit more reserved, or do you just play it as this is a, another game? That's what we tried to play it as our first year, definitely. Um, the first game, for sure, it was kind of the bright lights type of deal. We were more in awe just to be there. Um, but this year we were like, all right, we already got that out of the way. Let's just go try to just play basketball. I mean, it's just another court, 10-foot 10, 10 high rims and stuff like that. Um, but it is a little bit different, not a lot, but we just try to keep that same mindset of just playing our game, doing what we know how to do, and playing that to our strengths. So. For the starting five were seniors, uh, you, Brock Beeman, Austin Harrison, and Joey Weber. What do you feel the legacy that, that those four players have has left on Buckley. Do you feel that this is maybe a start for Buckley basketball continuing to grow, that 
all those little kids that were watching you play that there were like Denver Cade jerseys and shirts uh, out there. Do you think that having those little kids looking up to you is going to help the, the program in the future? For sure. Um, if I wore my shorts backwards every game, I'd probably see every elementary kid wearing their shorts backwards <laughs> every day to school. Um, but that's just how they are, and I think we're going to definitely make a huge impact um, for years to come. Um, it's definitely a lot of the kids are in awe just thinking just because of the Breslin or the trophies that we were able to put in the trophy case and stuff like that. A lot of people look up to many of us on the team, um, so I'm, I'm glad of what we did. I'm proud of my guys, and I know we're going to leave a huge impact, and I think it will have an effect on future kids and teams and through any program, not just basketball. What was it like, though, seeing like little kids wearing like Denver K jerseys and shirts? Like I saw, I think it was at, I think it was at the Frankfurt game, uh, the one at Frankfurt, and there was this little boy, uh, maybe like one and a half, two years old, running around with a Denver Cade like jersey on. I think it was, and I'm like that. That is hilarious. It was probably my little cousin. Um, I think my family made a bunch of them and just printed them out and just to everybody. But they they all just I don't know. It's special um, to have that my that much support. Um, I'm glad they did it my whole high school career for me so it'll be it'll be sad that I won't be able to do it again but I got to move on from it and I'm glad they did it I'm thankful for that mm-hmm. are you gonna go play college ball anywhere I'm gonna I haven't decided yet um, I'm thinking my top three schools are between Cornerstone Aquinas and Spring Arbor okay I, I wanted to ask you a question Xander about the Northwest Conference because Buckley's losing four well more than four seniors uh, Frankfurt their entire top six is graduating. How different is it going to be playing in the Northwest next year? It's going to be a huge change not having these guys out there, and because they're really tough, they're going to make the they just made the conference so much tougher. And them being gone, it'll be it'll be probably a little bit easier for us. But I mean, North Northern uh, Michigan basketball is tough all the way around, so can't take anyone lightly. So when you're playing a game, especially in a uh, venue like Breslin, how much do you hear the fans? Because I know, I know that uh, Reese kind of interacted with them one time. They were making fun of how skinny he was oh, yeah. or something. And one of the fans yelled, uh, my dog weighs more than you. And then he drained a three-pointer and wagged his tongue at him. Yeah, that's <laughs> fun. I've, the fans were kind of like that on our regional uh, final game. Whitmore Prescott had a lot of fans. And he was kind of doing the same thing. He had like six threes in that game or something, and he was just turning around looking at him. It was, it was it was kind of funny. And in the Breslin, there were a lot of people there. You couldn't really hear um, as much. Maybe it's because it was such a big arena. Mm-hmm. But um, you could definitely – it's fun when you to watch him get into it with the fans, just show ball a little bit. Not too much, but – They seem to be focusing mostly on him and Nick. Yeah. The, the, one of the funniest ones that I heard was that they yelled at Nick to think with your arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I know that was funny, but then, you know, he was he was doing pretty well on the, on defense on there. One yeah. Of the main guards. He got... And really shutting him down, and I noticed that he made that point guard work so hard on defense that he really, on, on when he was on defense, had a hard time keeping up with Reese mm-hmm. and you on the perimeter. Yeah, that for our game against Monroe, he, he was on their point guard. He was mm-hmm. really quick, and... After the first couple of possessions, he hit some it's like crossover moves, step back, and he, Nick was like, wow, that guy's quick. We're like, yeah, just keep sticking with him, keep playing good D on him. And eventually he started getting tired, and he, I don't know if he made a shot in the first, fourth quarter. So that was big. And then in the Edison game, he stuck with uh, Mitchell most of the game, and that guy's really tough. He's going to CMU. Mm-hmm. So he's a tough player, and he got hot in the third qu- third and fourth quarter when we went when we were in zone but at the beginning of the game he, he hung right with him when we were in man speaking of uh, we were just talking about interaction with the fans your boy austin harris uh loves to interact with the fans and, and is uh certainly an emotional guy out there do you guys is that kind of the you guys balance each other out in terms of emotion because you seem like you're a little more reserved to try to keep yourself calm austin harris on the other hand I don't know, throw an elbow from time to time. I've seen him do that and get, uh, he did the old uh, bow and arrow. I saw that after he, hit a, uh, after he hit a three. How entertaining is it playing with a guy like that? Or is it, and sometimes you're like, dude, Austin, just, 
you gotta calm down, man. Just take it easy for a little bit. <laughs> Once in a while, I gotta say that to him, but most of the times when he's doing that, it's either because he's made a boatload of outside shots in a row, which usually that's the case. Um, if not, it's something else, but that's just how he's always been, so it's not like I'm gonna change anything, and it's a momentum type of thing, too. Um, where if he does knock down a shot and kind of goes crazy or shows a little bit of emotion, it does hype a little bit of the, everyone else up. Um, but for me, I've never been like that, never whatever. If I make a play or score a basket, I still got to go play defense, so I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't know, I feel like I can't change my emotion, just keep it the same the whole time. That's what I try to do. You don't sit there with the, the no, hand really. after, after a made really. shot? I, I mean, I, a lot of people know me as a player and know what I can do, so if I do something or make a shot in their face or something like that, I don't really need to show them. Um, that's just how I've always been. Let your game do the talking. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. What changed from the regular season to the postseason for this, for, well, you know, for that be, Buckley team? At the team? beginning, I know we had a very rough start. Um, I can't remember what our record was, but it was below 500. Um, we did play Kalamazoo Hackett on the road, which they were pretty tough. Um, both, all the games we lost in the beginning were very beatable. And after, I think it was after our Frankfurt game at home when they just took it right to us and kind of smacked us in the face a little bit. It did knock us back on our heels and kind of made us realize we're not going to just be given everything. we got to go get it again. And um, I've heard my coach say this a hundred times, too. Um, I think after we made it to the Breslin last year, we were just looking right to there, just kind of jumping over the regular season and some of the postseason and going, just thinking, okay, we're going to be there again. And once we started to do that, teams started to beat us and stuff like that and hand it to us. And it was about midway, and I think after we played them at their place, we kind of realized we got to just focus one game at a time and keep it going like that. And it especially turned, um, turned on after some like record stuff where I broke the school record, Joey got his 1,000 point. I think some of that stuff might have been up in our mindset too in the back of our head that we got to catch this, catch this. And once that was out of the way, it seemed like we went back to our game at the start of the postseason. Xander, to, to start the season, did you think that you had a team – that was worthy of getting to the Breslin? Maybe not, wor uh, certainly worthy, but did you look at it and go, yeah, we're making a run to the state championship game? That's what every player wants, but did you, did that team really believe it? Yeah, I know. I, I had some belief in it. I wasn't at the beginning of the season to say that, oh man, we're, we're going to be in that state championship game. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that, but I knew we had a shot at making the Breslin. When I saw we had Manton first game of the playoffs, that was a little scary because knowing that they were there last year but I knew we had pieces we had the keys to get there and we did so that was pretty cool what was it like kicking some ass like the like through the first part of the uh of the postseason I mean you were just whooping up on on your opponents yeah, yeah. especially with especially with Manton I mean you know getting by Manton is one thing but you guys just destroyed him and the same thing for McBain was that, was that kind of a springboard for you guys yeah that was huge it gave I think everyone bunch of confidence. Peyton McDonough had probably the best game of his career in that game. And Cade played awesome. Nick played had a great game. Mm -hmm. So it was awesome just having those guys hitting shots and it just gave everyone a bunch of confidence saying, wow, we can beat anyone if we play like this. You know, four young kids growing up who are who are coming, you know, who want to play the game of basketball, what's the one thing that you were saying to to each of those kids, uh, the one piece of advice that maybe stuck with you, that maybe some, you know, an older player or an, uh, or an adult or a coach or someone said to you that went, this is what I think of every time that I know I got to, um, you know, kind of kick myself in gear. I would say just knowing that, like, us guys up north can play with anyone. Um, seeing a lot of kids from downstate, they always get, like, most kids get offers down there. They're big-time players. But knowing that, us guys up north can hang with anyone, and we showed that. We made state championship. We made it tough for those guys. We almost got a win in the state championship game. So just knowing that guys up north, they're really hard workers, and they can play with anyone. Just mainly working hard. Um, set goals for yourself. Set goals of I've had the dream of playing in the Breslin, to be honest with you, since third grade. And a lot of days when maybe I wanted to go to the beach or maybe I wanted to hang out with my friends or stay up late or something like that, I went to the gym instead or would be outside at my hoop and stuff like that. Um, so it's all about the little things that add up. And when they do add up, you could have success with both, like both of us and being down playing for a state title. All right, well, I appreciate both of you coming in. Denver, congrats on a great career at Buckley. You know, wrapping it up with uh, 
you know, two straight trips to the state championship game. Xander, congrats on a, a great junior year, and uh, look forward to watching you play your senior year as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, we want to thank Denver and Xander for coming into the studio and speaking with us uh, this, uh, this fine afternoon. We really appreciate that. Why don't we continue to talk about Xander Okerlund since he has dominated a good portion of this podcast and get into our Get Around Hall of Fame for Athlete of the Week. I will start and I will put up Xander Okerlund, as I said before and said during the interview with him, uh, talking about uh, his composure and how he just he played like he belonged out there. Scored 23 in the semifinal win and then had 19 in the in the loss in the final. But still just a, a great output from, from that kid, especially as a junior who more than likely is, is going to be he's going to be fighting to get back uh, to the Breslin Center next year. Uh, staying with Glen Lake, I will put up Kay Peterson because uh, anybody who watched those games last week know he may not have led them scoring in either the semifinals or the finals, but obviously with the finals, we touched on it earlier, you could tell something was missing when he left the floor with that injury, and you could just tell even when he was on the floor, he had a lot of momentum plays, be it dunks or blocks that you know had everybody's jaw dropping in the blocks. Brazilian center. Uh, and in the post-game press conferences, you know, he, he was always out there answering every question you want. He even did a lot of stuff with us media and one-on-ones afterwards. So he was very open and honest about the entire experience, which is kind of rare to see. You know, not that these guys aren't comfortable talking to the media, but he is right there available and, and will touch on whatever you want to touch on. I think uh, he, he mentioned the technical foul in the semifinal when holding on to the rim, and he's like, well, it is what it is. I didn't want to hurt anybody, but at the end of the day, we won. <laughs> So it's all good. And then in the final, they addressed the athleticism of the other team, you know, to quote all our cliches. It is what it is. You know, they were a good team. We were ready to play, but they won the game. And, it, you know, that's that's what it is. He's honest, truthful. Um, but you can tell, you know, obviously I'm nominating him for his on-the-court uh well, I mean, you can you can put up not only the performance on the court, but the intangibles as well, and what he means to his team. And off I think the court. Rich Rayless said afterwards, you know, with a guy like Cade, that's that's kind of our our leader, and we're we're gonna miss a guy like that next year. And even though we're all seemingly picking Glenn Lake to be the favorite for the conference, you, you know, they're they're gonna look a little different without Peterson in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, he <clears throat> in that game against Detroit Edison, I mean, he he was just a man out there. I mean, he was going head to head with a six nine guy. Well, and, and we're not and even out, and out playing him. We're not even mentioning going Division One. You're right, and we're not even mentioning the semifinal. He shut down the really good Monroe St. Mary uh, center that had a lot of hype going for him, and he kept him pretty much out of whack the whole time defensively. So, I mean, offensively and defensively, Cade easily my choice. And James, who are you putting up? Uh, I'm going to go uh, with the uh, the other team that was on in the finals, and uh, Joey Weber, who I believe at this point is now a six time. Athlete of the Week nominee. <laughs> he has been inducted once, and that was during the soccer season. But he is—he was nominated two other times in uh, this in in the fall for his performance, and then he's been nominated twice. So these, yeah, he's like a six, seven-time nominee on this. How many times? Well, Cade got the very first one. Cade Cade Peterson has been—he's been nominated probably that would have been the only time in the too. fall because he got nominated the very first one yeah and then he's been nominated i think a couple other times yeah so he's probably i think this might be his his fourth his fourth yeah, yeah. and you might get a couple nods for baseball yep possibly you never know but i mean in that uh in that final against south christian uh joey weber went head-to-head with uh caleb hunter uh as we mentioned before the son of Lindsay hunter probably a division one basketball player and he thoroughly outplayed him uh, Joey Weber was 10 for 20 from the field, 26 points, 8 boards, 3 steals, and Caleb Hunter was 4 for 14 from the field for 13 points. You know, and that was so just he was doing the, it on offense and defense. Yeah, and that was just in the final. In, in, the, in the semifinals, he had another 15 points. He knocked down 3 of 7 three-pointers, um, and he held their starting point guard, who was uh, their second-best player, to 14 points and 5 for 14 from the field. So, I mean... In two semifinal performances, he's held two really good point guards to a well under 50% shooting. All right, well, this is a tough one this week. Because it really you, is. You've, you've got three guys played extremely well in uh, on the, you know, highest against the highest competition on the, the brightest stage. But Harrison, who are you going with? 
you know, maybe this is just me playing uh, the spots that are still open. Since Joey and Cade went in in the fall, I will give a nod to Xander because he really is worthy of this spot. Uh, not just because he was nice enough to do an interview with you guys during spring break, but he really did uh, you know, look un unbelievable with his shooting and his athleticism at the Breslin Center. And he's coming back next year. Uh, no doubt going to be one of the players to watch. I'm going Xander. X-Factor. I'll kind of go with the same same uh, breath that you're thinking, unless we want to just say that this is a state finals, we need to put all three in. <laughs> That's copping out. Cop out. We already right. did that for Charlevoix. That is like, it, it is kind of a cop out, but that, uh, the other two are just going to be. We copped out for be... the skiing finals. Right, true. So, but we're going to do our retroactive picks probably next week, right? Yes. Because we've got nothing else going. The other two are just going to go in next week as retroactive picks anyway. Yes. Unless you factor in what I just said and they're already in. The. Well, they were in for uh, fall. This is so we're doing it. We we do fall, winter, and spring. But sports. Xander plays in the winter, so I. I my vote is for Xander Okerlund. So it right now it's two nothing. We're still waiting on Jimmy James cop out Cook. Well, he's no, a vote I, third Xander. I said I, I said it would go Xander unless we wanted to just put all three up in. Okay. All right. Well, then there it is. A unanimous vote. For Xander Okerlund, Glen Lakes, Xander Okerlund, congratulations on being the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. The executive officer, I like that. Let us go ahead and wrap up the show, episode number 28, as we have been doing for the last four weeks, I believe. And into the Get Around Sports Movie Madness, we are at the final four. And really starting to pick up in terms of the voting... Uh, the first, I think the first week we only had about 70 votes, and now we're getting uh, into, we actually had uh, close to 200 votes for, for a lot of these matchups, and I'm going to, might as well just get right into it and get into the closest one, which was uh, an upset. I, I feel that a lot of people thought it was an upset, but apparently that can't be the case, considering that Happy Gilmore got 104 votes to Hoosiers 102, so that means Hoosiers is out while Happy Gilmore has made it into the final four. Again, most of the people, we had a big discussion in the in the office on, I think maybe it was Thursday or Friday, and people were wondering how Hoosiers was losing to Happy Gilmore, and a lot of very people, a lot of uh, people in the office, very upset. I don't, I don't know. I had All I heard from people when I talked about the upset were people who were mad that Happy Gilmore was beating Hoosiers. But again, 104 to 102. What did we did we ever develop a uh, a tiebreaker system for if there was actually a tie? I think what we would probably have to do is either the would three be, of us would the get three the three of us would would vote. That would okay. be my guess. So, but that was not the case. I thought when I was putting together the numbers last night, I thought I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh my god, this this is going to be a tie, and no, it wasn't. Just well, couldn't you just have Adam Sandler fight Gene Hackman and you know settle it that way? Is Gene Hackman still alive? He's still kicking. I think he is. He's still. I feel like you would have heard about that. Graduate from uh, Danville High School in Illinois, along with uh, Dick Van Dyke, who was also uh, a graduate from, from Danville High School. So he'd have a good posse with him that's, to fight uh, uh, Happy Gilmore. That's uh, my ex. Uh, either is a teacher there or used to be a teacher at Danville. So I don't. I don't. And keep she tabs knew on him here. personally. I don't think so. But here's here just. Off the off the cuff, since I just brought her up, I have, since we broke up, and this was a while ago, I have specifically not looked at her Facebook. But I had a dream this morning that I looked at her Facebook. And, of course, all of it was, like, just pictures of her and her, her new boyfriend. I don't even know if that's who it was. Who she, I don't know because I haven't looked at it. I've purposefully not looked at it. But my brain's like, hey, guess what? We're going to pretend like you looked at it. And it was it was upsetting. Don't feel lie. bad. Last night I was looked at an ex-girlfriend as well on Facebook that I blocked. So it happens to the best of us. Right, but you did Except it on people purpose. Who are you did it on purpose. My subconscious was like, but hey, I saw a movie. You were gonna go ahead. I was watching a movie that reminded me of the situation, but we're not gonna go into the detail situation that. from Jersey Shore. No, the situation of uh, our relationship. Ah, gotcha. No, we don't need to go into that. That's a long story. Not for James a sports ever, podcast. James, you ever stuck any of your exes on Facebook? <laughs> For a long, long time. <laughs> Did you have you been married as long as Facebook's been around? So you probably haven't had to worry about that. Uh, this be ten years. Yeah, so you're fine. You're in the clear. Yeah, well, Facebook started blowing up around what? Oh four, five, oh five. Yeah, right around. I there. got an 05. I think so. my ex is on Facebook, but I think I just like right away blocked her. Oh. Yeah. Hey, you know. So I'm like, I don't care. It happens. Not anymore. 
It's got to move on. Yeah. And let's move on to uh, the other matchups that we have. And one of those, remember the Titans over Friday Night Lights, 143 to 51. I noticed you guys put in parentheses movie for Friday Night Lights this week. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) because I can tell you've been angry with the fact that what you feel. And I got to agree, it's probably a little TV show bias seeping in there. But, uh, you know, here we are. Remember the Titans, which I just saw on TV again last week. It'd been a while since I've seen it. And I was reminded, oh, yeah, that's, that's a Final Four candidate for sure. Now, poor 16 seed, rookie of the year, it, uh, it wasn't even close. The Sandlot, 175, 175 to 22. They got sandbagged. <laughs> well, you look at it, it's like one, one guy, one pitcher against an entire team. I mean, what are the, what are the chances he's going to survive? Yeah, because he can't throw the because well, his arm or shoulder uh, doesn't work anymore, so he's got to throw the old underhand. Mm-hmm. Like the Mount loft it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, I think what I think what the Benny same the guy slammed that out of the park. Wasn't so. it the same guy that played? Uh, maybe it wasn't. I thought maybe it was the same guy that played Jack Parkman in uh, Major League Two. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just my that played who? The the last batter in Rookie of the Year. No, was it, it Rookie of the Year. It's like this fat, slobby guy with long hair. It's like I doubt this guy's ever been anything in any other movie besides like a bit part in a Nickelodeon TV show or something. That's how <laughs> cornballish that guy is. It's oddly specific. You'll see it. If you go back and watch that scene, he's just like, I'm getting you, kid. But he like sticks his tongue out. Whereas the guy who played Jack Parkman, I think, was a, a decent actor that had a, several roles. Yeah, he was. Uh, he did the old shimmy every time and it drove the ladies wild. Or when he was traded to Chicago and it made the ladies puke. Right. Yeah. So remember the Titans, 143-51, to 51, Sandlot, 175-22. to 22. They're going to be going head-to-head. Remember the Titans versus the Sandlot, and I think most of us kind of had this one being the Final Four matchup. Other than, I know, James, you didn't. You were pretty upset about the fact that... I didn't, but, you know, eh. You had Slapshot coming out of this bracket. It is what it is. It is what it is. To quote Matt Shellick's favorite. And then... I think, I think... <laughs> And then so we have the guys, other one. You got the other one. I don't think we've gotten to yet either. Yeah, Miracle versus the Rookie, 109 to 35. So none of the the only one that was close was Hoosiers and Happy Gilmore. So we'll have Happy Gilmore taking on Miracle, and remember the Titans taking on the Sandlot in the final four. So you got a co- two comedies versus kind of what I see as two dramas. I will take. Uh, I, if I was voting, I would vote for, the Sandlot and for Happy Gilmore. That would be my my two in the. To make it into the championship game, uh, I feel like you're I, the exact opposite. I, 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 <laughs> Although you've never seen Remember the Titans or the Sandlot, so no, you can't going on reputation, I, would, I guess I would go with the Sandlot, and then uh, you know I would like uh, to see Miracle. Although I like Happy Gilmore. I think yeah. Miracle making such a strong run up up here in Northern Michigan, anyways, because you have so many hockey fans and hockey players. Yeah, but that doesn't explain why Mighty Ducks was ousted by the Blind Side or Slapshot or Goon. We had, a, we had plenty of good hockey yeah. movies. Well, back to your this. Happy Gilmore Hoosiers upset. I think it comes down to, you know, whoever was voting, maybe a generational thing. You know, I, I'm in my early 30s. I've seen, I saw Happy Gilmore before I saw Hoosiers, so I have a lot, a lot more fond memories of Happy Gilmore than Hoosiers. Just rewatched Hoosiers a week ago. Phenomenal movie. Probably the best basketball movie. We're not going to fight about that. But I think with certain voters and certain ages, they're just going to go Happy Gilmore, and that's why it's in this spot over a movie that a lot of people consider one of the best for sports. Well, it's, uh, again, it's which movie do you want to sit down and watch? I mean, I probably sit down and watch Happy Gilmore more often than I would Hoosiers. Hoosiers requires, like, there's a lot of emotion in it, and Happy Gilmore is just fun and light, and it's it's whatever. It's quotable. Yeah. You just, yeah. I have Happy Gilmore as well in the finals, and uh, it's really tough because, like I said, I just watched Titans as well a week ago, and I was reminded how great that movie is. Um, but I will go the same final as you. That I, I, I think Sandlot, probably at this point, I'd, I'd be shocked if Sandlot did not win the whole thing. But uh, we will see. Two more weeks. All right, but it is up to you, our listeners, our audible viewers, our voters, what is going to happen here. So make sure that you check out the... Uh, the final four voting on surveymonkey.com backslash r backslash the get around five. Again, that's the get around numeral five. So surveymonkey.com backslash r backslash the get around five. And also make sure you follow it on or follow us on Twitter at TCRE Sports, where we will be putting up the, uh, the matchups uh, several times over the week. And look for tweets from myself at Brendan Queeley. 
at James Cook 14 and at BA Sports Writer. They'll also be putting up the uh, uh, voting polls on Twitter as well. That will do it. Put a nice, pretty pink bow on both the uh, winter sports season and this episode of the Get Around Podcast. Uh, Harrison, again, I want to thank you for filling in for Brett. It was nice to have you on here to talk about the Final Four. I think this was a perfect time for you to come on here and talk about the Final Four of Sports Movie Madness. James, as always, providing just everything that you would want out of... Uh, I don't think you've called him Jimmy James yet. Uh, I called him Jimmy James Cop-Out Cook mm. earlier. So I guess I missed that. Jimmy James Cop-Out Cook. That's only because you wanted to put all three of them into the Get Around Hall of Fame, but... James, thanks, uh, thanks for being here, and uh, thank you for all your lovely coverage here in the, in the northern Michigan sports area. I've been your host, Brendan Queeley. Thank you so much for listening. Come back next week. We will have the Get Around Jeopardy. It should be a lot of fun. This was actually James's idea, or at least one that was spawned out of when we were talking about the spelling bee. We'll have uh, Get Around Sports, local sports Jeopardy, uh, along with a retroactive Hall of Fame and the championship matchup for Sports Movie Madness. So make sure you come back and listen. Thank you. Thank you.